Welcome to the Ad Proficiency Podcast, presented by NerdJam.net. Whether you're a new player or veteran dungeon master, we're here to help you add depth to your game. Today on Ad Proficiency, we're continuing our skill series by taking a deep dive look at the Constitution Ability Score and its combat, mobility, and utility applications, as well as discussing role-playing and reflavoring opportunities. While Constitution lacks any skills of its own, it has a strong relationship with game mechanics and still has a strong potential to influence roleplay. A high or low Constitution character can emphasize character traits relating to how resilient they are, what they've been through, and what they can deal with. Consider how one's personal toughness can relate to their backstory. The Constitution modifier lends itself to maximum HP, recovery amount of hit dice, concentration checks, poison resistance saves, and checks and saves that generally influence bodily endurance and resistance. So before we get into the combat applications of the Constitution Ability Score, what is Constitution? So Constitution is going to be the measure of how healthy and how much vitality you have, how much you can drink at any given night. Am I strong enough to resist getting sick in the dead of winter? Okay, okay. So what are constitution checks versus constitution saves? So I would say constitution checks are going to be stuff that is self-inflicted. Like, I'm going to drink this shot really fast, see how badly that affects me. I feel like having a high con is really useful, but that may be because I generally like to play people that get in, get in someone's face. That's just my play style. I like the barbarians and the paladins and what have you. It does lend itself very strongly to a pretty wide variety of game mechanics, which really help back up that tanky flavor. There is currently no way to gain proficiency in constitution checks in the game. As far as I'm aware of, you can do the resilient feat to gain proficiency in constitution saves, but not so much checks. It almost kind of seems like they're the same thing in terms of there is a thing that is happening to you. Even the player's handbook says that constitution checks are very rare and there are no skills because it's a very passive use ability score. Let's go ahead and jump right on into combat. So how do you use constitution in combat? It's going to determine how much health you have uh, just as a basic standard. Maximum health for sure. I've got that we use it to make concentration saves. This is going to help those Misty Visions warlocks maintain their illusions. This is going to keep your spells up, your lockdowns active, etc. Or if you are using this in a roleplay aspect, you can focus on meticulous tasks under stress. Maybe you're trying to perform surgery during a car chase or something like that. This is also going to help you bounce back from damage much more quickly in the form of the hit dice bonus. The way that hit dice are used is that they are expended during short rests. You roll one of your hit dice and you add your constitution modifier to it. And so the higher your constitution modifier is, the more health you're going to get back. This lessens dependency on long rests for HP recovery, and it's got the added benefit of increased player risk due to lack of refreshed abilities. So basically, if they're going longer between long rests because they're able to get some of that health back in the form of their hit dice, they're not going to have as many of their abilities back. They're going to be having a much harder time. Basically, it makes fights more deadly. It makes fights more deadly because they they have less of an ability to nuke everything. Absolutely. So I've got a few different things for using constitution in combat. I've got that you can utilize harsh environments. You can combine your tankiness with grappling to move people into damaging environments or weaponize your environments. I'm talking about dragging someone into embers or heat or poison if you're a dragonborn or a tiefling. Once you have someone grappled, it doesn't cost you anything other than one free hand to keep them grappled. So keeping your foe in a damaging environment is just extra damage for you to enjoy each round. If 
If this tactic exposes you to those environments, you have an easier time dealing with them. Note that damage resistance means lower concentration saves, which if you have a high constitution score, you'll be good at. Your ability to hold your breath can also be utilized to weaponize water. If you're pulling someone underwater and trying to outlast them, or you are setting a trap using inhalants or fire. Or maybe you can utilize your constitution to pick your battlegrounds. Engage the enemy forces in the open harshness of a freezing winter wind, where your high constitution checks prevent the issues that hinder the average soldier. Maybe leading your enemies into a poisonous swamp or stinking cloud will allow you to take advantage of their low constitution. Or maybe you know how to avoid environmental hazards altogether, and hold your breath as long as you can while fighting to avoid inhaling the myconid spores that are floating in the air. Constitution is also used to resist poison. Poisonous attacks, poisonous cantrips, often require constitution saves by the targeted creature. So if you have a high constitution score, you're more likely to resist these. Think of the implications of this. This opens up a whole avenue for you in terms of poison, which I'll get into a little bit later. Also in terms of resistance, the constitution ability score helps you resist environmental conditions such as extreme heat and cold, pressure, or gas. Note that constitution saves tend to be nasty things such as poison, disease, or physically debilitating ailments. The importance of being the only one in your party who passes their constitution save cannot be understated. If everyone is wrecked by their failed con saves and you're the last man or woman standing, you might be the only one who can step up and make sure everyone gets out of that situation okay. So moving on into mobility, how would you use the constitution ability score for your mobility? This going to determine how long you can keep up if you're trying to keep going without rest. That'll give you that forced march where you may get levels of fatigue, but you can keep going farther than other people can. I've got that it gives you access to areas with hostile environments, such as poison swamps, dense jungles, plagued villages, frozen mountains, deep underwater pockets, blistering deserts. The kind of places that would be exhausting or difficult for someone with the average constitution to move through. Or maybe this can give you access to terrain that would normally normally be impassable altogether due to an inability to rest while traveling through it. I'm thinking of things like steep cliff walls that offer no refuge, deep underwater pockets that require long dives, poisonous channels in the earth that require breath holding to navigate. As a DM, I might not even leave this up to a roll. Just say, only this player could make that climb, swim that far, or hold their breath that long because of their high constitution. Taking out that variability can help you reliably emphasize this trait, and it's a great way of setting up a situation where you can say, only this player can do this. Playing up constitution in this way increases out-of-combat party utility for the non-skilled jockeys, like your barbarian or your fighter. This access may allow you to take refuge in those areas, so if you're being pursued, this may offer you a way to find a shelter that offers you some kind of safety for the night. Yeah, you may find the only safe spot in the giant poison swamp that you mentioned, and no one else can get to you because it's too far for them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, or think of the wall in The Princess Bride that you have to climb all the way up, and like no one can climb all the way to the top because there's nowhere to rest, right? And so they get Andre the Giant because he's the only person who can like haul people up there without collapsing halfway through. Anything else you want to add to mobility? I think we've about covered that pretty well. So let's jump into the utility of constitution. We've already discussed holding breath, which is useful for tons and tons of different situations. Aside from that, how would you use the constitution ability score for utility? Well, let's just throw it right out there and say to get hammered, or rather to avoid getting super drunk. Right, okay, so similar to the way that this is used to resist poison, this is also sort of used for chugging alcohol or staying sober. Absolutely. 
Or for that matter, in terms of palate, this will help you go without food or water. Or even to eat food that other people can't eat because maybe it started to turn a little bit, but you're a little bit stronger than the average person. Okay, there you go. So so in that way, you're actually able to utilize things that the party members can't, and it acts as a sort of survival tool for you. Absolutely. How would you use this for role play? Knowing someone is big and tough kind of gives them a bit of a reputation and kind of makes you more willing to step up to the plate and be at the front of things rather than staying back because you'd have the toughness, the fortitude to do so. Mm -hmm. And I want to emphasize the importance of projecting your constitution to others visually because without applying your charisma, there's not really a whole lot of ways for someone to say, okay, this person is like an unusual tough character unless it's something that they can like look at and say like that person's a particularly tough dude he looks big like you said or this person looks scarred or like this girl looks like she's been to hell and back and like she could probably kick the shit out of anybody right so especially if you're moving away from charisma as attractiveness i feel that one of the easiest ways to utilize your high constitution in role play is for the high constitution to be reflected in your appearance such that people who look at you can tell how tough you are if characters look at you and see that you're a tougher than average person, this gives the DM something to work with. This serves as an ever-present hook because it's a broadcasted character trait. It's a little bit more DM-dependent because it puts the ball in the DM's court, but there might be someone different everywhere you go in need of a tough guy or girl on their side. So how can we use Constitution to add descriptive flavor to our character? Instead of being muscly and well-ripped, you could be kind of a big round guy, maybe like a sumo wrestler type character, that kind of thing. Okay, yeah, so it could just be that you are physically large. Uh, in terms of emphasizing that constitution, you can also role play that tank role a little bit more. Like you say, put yourself in front, that sort of thing. You could role play your pain tolerance. Maybe you comment that you don't really feel that much anymore after the war. Or maybe you have like a particularly low constitution and everything hurts because you have paper skin and glass bones. And you can use your dialogue in this way to sort of like continually emphasize particular trait that you have. Uh, what are some on-the-spot roleplay opportunities that can be done just about anywhere to try and utilize this content to make you some money? Well, I'm just going to keep rolling with my theme and drinking contest. Drinking contest. Okay. I am going to sort of like zoom out of that a little and just say like endurance contests of any kind, staring contests, you know, chugging, like you said. I would add, put things on the line, uh, not just gold or honor, but jobs, services, opportunities. Maybe if you can outdrink this mob lord's biggest, baddest dude, they'll give you a shot at, you know, maybe signing up as an initiate or something like that. That's awesome. Also bring up the one thing we're not supposed to talk about a fight club uh oh yeah there you go that stupid shoulder punching game absolutely that everybody played in high school how long can you resist the pain and i want to point out that having a high con synergizes with the other party members maybe your fighter or barbarian doesn't have social skills but that's okay because it's the perfect role play opportunity for the bard or face person to pitch your toughness and draw a crowd maybe while you're challenging the tavern the cleric could be sizing up the room while the rogue swipes a bottle or a coin pouch Make use of the fact that an open-ended skill like this can be utilized in scenes that involve the whole party. Okay, so poison. Being resistant to poison in general, or just being good at resisting poison, opens up a whole professional avenue for you in terms of being someone who interacts with poison regularly, maybe who gathers poisonous reagents or is accustomed to poisonous environments such as swamps or dangerous jungles. 
Maybe um, even offer your strong fortitude as a taster for a local paranoid king or lord. Mm-hmm. There you go. If you have a high constitution, go out and get yourself a poisoner's kit. Role play going out there and gathering poisonous herbs or something like that. How common is it to interact with poison? Note that paladins and monks can cure or have a natural resistance to poison. So if you want to reinforce this role play a little bit, those classes have built-in abilities that affect it. Make use of the poison spray cantrip for easy access to poison. This can be done through a dip into druid, sorcerer, warlock, or by taking the magic initiate feat. In terms of poison resistance, the scene from The Princess Bride comes to mind, the Iocane powder, and he talks about how he's been building up a resistance to Iocane powder over the course of like a year or, or longer. There are currently no skills for constitution, but we know that aspects of constitution can be trained in real life the same way that strength can be honed into the athletic skill. If we're saying that checks are a self-inflicted kind of thing, if, if we're rolling with that definition, examples of constitution training would be things like Muay Thai fighters that strike and kick down banana trees to deaden their nerves, or martial artists that toughen their hands with rope, wood, or sand, or astronauts and pilots that undergo centrifuge training in order to handle the high G pressures. Some different interpretations or job opportunities that I've got. Uh, if you want to roll with the physical constitution interpretation, you could be that local drunk that wins against tourists every time, or you could find work as a ranger or an alchemist, herbalist by gathering reagents like we had discussed. In terms of like mental constitution, you could be a surgeon or necromancer or someone who maybe does more unsavory work that requires like a bit of nerve. Travel, expedition work, long journeys across land or sea. Maybe you're able to handle that without becoming mutinous. These are going to be people like merchant bodyguards that protect from desert rangers. This is easy work for fighters. Sailors and pirates, this goes perfectly with those backgrounds as a form of work. And you can tie this maybe to the local geography. In Skyrim, there's an old man who makes the climb all the way up the mountain to bring food and supplies to the graybeards. That's a constitution thing. There are divers who harvest clams and lobsters from the seafloor by holding their breath and diving deep down. Or goat shepherds that walk for miles in rugged mountainous terrain. I believe there are also still some foot couriers that just jog the whole way between... Just run. Yeah. <laughs> run and don't stop. Yeah, absolutely. And then we also have the carrying of the Olympic torch as another one and passing it at different spots in the world. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it comes from your culture. You might be from a culture of nomads that travel vast expanses of desert. Those tribal cliff divers that hold their breath for amazing amounts of time. Or one of those athletes from high elevation places with giant hearts. So in that sense, your constitution could be tied to your background. So what are some character traits that can sort of help play up this constitution in addition to just physical appearances? Maybe you're that grizzled veteran that's just been in hundreds and hundreds of fights, so you have so much experience that you don't really feel as much. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Maybe you never really feel tired, but you get sleepy because you can just go and go and go. So you might lay down to crash, but when it comes to carrying around equipment, you could do that all day. If you have a particularly low constitution, I'm fond of the character trait of characters that vomit very easily. So if they're nervous or if something is shocking to them and they puke as a response, such as always gets me like in the middle of a serious moment or something like that or maybe due to reflavoring you can sort of play up how that constitution fits in uh so like colossus from x-men has a metallic appearance or you could describe your wounds as sort of sizzling as they begin to heal at a heightened rate this is sort of playing up the fact that a high constitution score contributes to your hit dice and speaking of reflavoring what are some ways that we could reflavor the constitution score to be something other than just being tough 
maybe it's a quote-unquote natural armor type thing like you're dragonborn and you have these thick scales okay so something that's kind of built in like that maybe you're like iron man and it's nanobots that are sort of softening the blows for you maybe it's an enchanted dwarven armor that lets you ignore pain I like the idea of magical redirection. So like maybe you're taking hits that would mortally wound a regular person. But as that's happening, like a portion of that is like sort of slicing into the ground at your side. Or maybe it's just anesthesia. You're not that tough. You're just constantly numbing the pain for yourself. Any relevant items or notes? Any thoughts about things that are actually in the game before we start moving into our homebrew section? One item that I really enjoy is the Belt of Dwarven Kind. After you get attuned to the belt, it gives you a nice constitution score increase of plus two. You get advantage on charisma persuasion checks made to interact with dwarves. So they instantly like you just for wearing the belt. You have a 50% chance each day at dawn of growing a full beard if you're capable of growing one, or a much thicker beard if you already have one. If you aren't a dwarf, you gain some extra benefits too. You get advantage on saving throws against poison and have resistance against poison damage. You get dark vision out to 60 feet and you can speak, read, and write dwarvish. So basically it gives you racial benefits of being a dwarf without actually taking it. That is very good. Those are some very potent benefits. We've discussed the antitoxin a little bit. Consider homebrewing this maybe to be a little bit cheaper than 50 gold. I understand the perspective that man-made poison is rare, but consider interpreting this as a bitter commonplace herb that grows off the side of the road, a country folk's tool that maybe they chew while traveling in case of like a snake bite or to fend off illness. Or you can make it a regional thing. Maybe it's 50 gold in one country because it's not from that country. In this way, as a sort of world-building tool, it gives utility to being in different parts of the geography. Maybe over here, the antitoxin is really cheap, so you stock up on it before you go over there, and maybe you can sell it over there and turn a profit. I would also point out the tough feat in the player's handbook. It reads, your hit point maximum increases by an amount equal to twice your level when you gain this feat. Whenever you gain a level thereafter, your hit point maximum increases by an additional two hit points. This increases your max HP, which sort of stacks with your constitution, but it doesn't otherwise scale with your constitution. So this is just sort of an extra way to beef yourself up a little bit. There's also the durable feat. This is also going to be in the player's handbook. When you roll a hit die to regain hit points, the minimum number of hit points you regain from the roll equals twice your constitution modifier, minimum of two. Note that the wording suggests you'll still add your constitution modifier to the roll, meaning that each hit die is guaranteed to heal you for at least three times your constitution modifier. But according to a Mike Merle's tweet, this is not the case. And in this case, the word roll is actually referring to the total, which is dumb and makes me feel less bad about mishmashing this feat with tough and a homebrew feat, which I'll get into in a little bit. I would also point out the Dwarven Fortitude racial feat in Xanathar's Guide to Everything. Increase your con score by one, and whenever you take the dodge action in combat, you can spend one hit die to heal yourself. Roll the die, add your con, and regain the number of hit points. So, if you're a dwarf, dodging in combat, this is healing you and giving everyone around you disadvantage to hit you until the start of your next turn. That's pretty strong. And I don't think there's anything stopping you from just using all of your hit dice this way. Like, you can just dodge when Whenever you need to and just heal this isn't like a once per short rest kind of thing wow yeah that seems very strong it's very strong so if you're a dwarf if you're a constitution dwarf you can do crazy things with your con okay so let's jump into the homebrew of constitution how would you flesh out constitution so i actually like to add a skill into constitution for people that feel that their character is either an alcoholic or some kind of drug addict that kind of thing okay carouse it's from warhammer 40k 
that basically determines your ability to resist alcohol and drug effects. So it actually gives a numerical value to your uh, tolerance. Okay, okay. I can definitely see that. I sort of have something similar. I was able to kind of boil down constitution into just a few different interpretations. So three different skills that I was able to derive from constitution. Toughness, which would be bracing for like physical effects, such as pain tolerance, endurance, physical environmental effects, such as heat or cold or exhaustion checks. Grit, which is bracing for morale effects, such as fear, shock, confusion, madness, surprise checks. And this sort of brings up the point of what is mental constitution, whether that's wisdom or constitution, which we'll explore a little bit more in the gripes episode, or maybe even like an intelligence save we'll see and resilience which is bracing for bodily effects such as nauseating effects illness poison sleep resistance checks these skills would sort of help put more poison illness toxic or debilitating environments in your settings and help you play up going without sleep a little bit more they're not being constitution skills such as toughness grit or resilience means that you can use it for all three In a way, the open-endedness of Constitution is, like, less is more, unless your DM says it's not. Consider granting Constitution check proficiency as a background or class skill option. So if you have, like, say, a barbarian, and they're like, hey, I want to take proficiency in athletics and proficiency in Constitution checks, I'd be like, hell yeah, like, go for it. Roleplay that Constitution. Play up your ability to just be a brute. I also tweaked the poison spray cantrip a little bit to cover ingestion, so I've added the line that a creature that ingests a dose of your poison instead takes 1d12 plus your spellcasting modifier in poison damage and must succeed on a constitution saving throw or gain the poison condition until the end of the next round. And note that the poison condition grants disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks. This is a great way to start a fight with your opponents poisoned and at disadvantage. This is also a great way to trim down on enemy numbers without ever being engaged or being known to be involved. So if you're a Mask of Many Faces warlock with poison spray, and especially with the actor feat and social skill investment, you can just slip right in, poison everybody, and slip right back out. This encourages a different kind of playstyle where conflict avoidance becomes a thrill instead of just high stakes combat. Lastly, I'll bring up that homebrew feat I had talked about before. I just call it Unyielding Resolve. It's basically the durable feat mishmashed with the tough feat with a little bit of a tweak to it. When you roll a hit die to regain hit points, you may add twice your constitution modifier to the roll. This way there's still some variability in your hit die roll, but you're getting a consistent chunk back in the form of double your con. This can end up being a pretty nice chunk if you have a significant constitution. And then of course the hit point increase from the tough feat, And then I've added, when you're making death saving throws, you can add your constitution modifier to the roll. This little benefit of it actually tends to do nothing most of the time, because it literally does nothing unless you're dying. But it gives the players a little bit of encouragement to play a little bit more dangerously, take those risks, because they feel like they'll be okay. And then I also throw in like a plus one to con. You guys don't have to do this if you don't want to. It's a lot of benefits for one feat, but this hasn't broken my game since constitution doesn't have any skills. I also find that tough and durable individually aren't as effective as lucky, magic initiate, or other more potent feats. So having this potent self-heal makes this one of the only feats for tankiness. And lastly, one little weird thing I've been wanting to do is consider making the sorcerer a constitution-based casting class. 
change that d6 hit die to a d8, give them light armor, simple weapons, and maybe a few martial weapons. Constitution is generally a secondary stat, not quite as crucial as the attack or casting stat. So if you do this, this frees up the sorcerer to go constitution plus whatever stat they want to build their character with. So you can be like constitution and dex, constitution and charisma, if that's the kind of character you want to play. I think they'd make a great self-buffing scrapper. The subclasses work well for melee combat, and the flavor of drawing on one's raw inner power strikes me as more constitution than charisma. So you're basically using your entire body as your casting stat. That's kind of cool. That's that's kind of how I picture it. We just already have, I think there's four charisma casters in total. The bard, the warlock, the sorcerer, and the paladin. And that's a lot of charisma casters. Yeah, I, I feel like there's something there to that. Mm -hmm. So any final thoughts on the constitution ability score? Constitution lets you drink more. Constitution lets you drink more. I'm oh. just following the theme. I would say that usage as a skill is Constitution's hidden dimension. Typically, Constitution is a secondary ability score choice due to its lack of skills. So I think the open-endedness is an opportunity in disguise. It just takes some creativity in order to squeeze the juice out of that. Join us next time on the Ad Proficiency Podcast when we finish our skill series with the Charisma Ability Score.